Cabin free on the seven seas. Cabin free, won't you come with me? I'm your host, my name's Armstrong. From cabin free, cabin free. Hello, and welcome to the Cabin Three podcast. I'm your host, Sam Stewart, and you're with me in Cabin 3. Well, another week is drawing to an end. It's Time is flying, guys. Time is flying. This week's episode is all things extreme, with two classic stories from my past, my extreme sports encounter in Turkey, and my once extreme bowel movement. Oh, it's a classic. And a boat update. All things Croatia, as we have now arrived in Croatia, and I will update you on the boat. It's a cracking episode, so come and laugh with me. Been seeing this video that's uh, been circulating the internet, saw it last week, and uh, it's absolutely terrifying. It's two guys skydiving, and they forget to pull their parachute. They don't die, but uh, they came pretty close. Basically, I, I don't know how this happens. I just don't know how it happens. You're jumping out of a plane, which I, A, would never do, but if I did do it, once I've jumped out, I'm thinking straight away, can I pull my parachute now? I'd pull it at 10,000 feet, even if there's no oxygen. As long as that chute is open, I'm all good. But these guys, you have to just YouTube it. Just put, guys, don't open parachute, and you'll see it. Uh, these two guys jump out, and they're like, they're like, shaka brah, like loving life, looking at each other, and they seem all good, and you watch it, it's about a minute long, and the ground gets closer and closer until it is literally, I don't know, probably they're only about 100 metres off the ground. And then apparently, I didn't know this, but the modern day parachutes have this automatic deploy thing. And luckily that worked. The parachute opens and then they're, free, they're falling with the parachute open for probably about five seconds. And then they hit the ground. They hit it pretty hard. I think they both, they, they were fine. And the, the, the guy that lands, it's like a GoPro video, the first thing he does is check his little altimeter, like, ooh, that doesn't seem to be working. I mean, how, in what world do you do a skydive and not think to pull your parachute? I know it's meant to be, like, an enlightening experience and amazing, but it's just ridiculous. But it got me thinking about extreme sports and kind of my opinion on them. I'm a team sports guy, okay? I've always done team sports. I like them, I enjoy them, rugby, American football, football, I just, I really enjoy it. I like it. I like a few solo sports, like golf and tennis, but extreme sports, not so much. Here's why. I don't want to do a sport that you have to rely on the equipment to work, to have fun, and if it doesn't work, you die. You know, if you're playing tennis and your racket breaks a string, that's okay, just get another one. Or if you're playing rugby, and you make a mistake, your teammate will have your back, and you may concede a few points, and you you know you will just carry on. If you're skydiving and you make a mistake, you die. I don't, I don't like those kind of odds. I don't. Th- I think, I know you're meant to get this amazing adrenaline rush, but I just don't think that outweighs the fact that you are going to die if it goes wrong. I have, however, dabbled in the extreme sports. Um, I did paragliding. I think it was uh, 2017, I was on a, on a boat and we uh, we stopped off in Turkey and uh, we had a day off. We were in a gorgeous place, I'll, I'll come to Turkey later, 
but uh, we're in this gorgeous place called Fetier, and uh, we thought, day off, let's do something. Let's do, I don't know, something crazy. So we went paragliding. Didn't sleep that night. I was thinking, this is it. I'm just starting to like really enjoy life, and it's just gonna get. I'm gonna get cut short in my prime. But anyway, we uh, decided to drive over to this area. I wish I'd done the research and found the name, but it translates to Bay of Death, um, just outside Fetier. So that was a good sign. Drove there. The whole place is like shut down. It was in December. There was no one around, and then this weird. Turkish pirate looking guy ran out from this little shop. I was like, my friend, my friend, parrot guy, parrot, he couldn't even say it, parrot guy. I was like, paraglide, yeah, yeah, we want to do it. He's like, okay, okay, come with me. It was all very aggressive and it caught us off guard, but we thought, eh, well, let's do it. I was clammy, my hands, I was sweating, I was just so nervous. Uh, it was like 40 euros each. I don't know what the going rate is for paraglide, but, um, it seemed fair. Looking back now and speaking to some other people, that's a very cheap paraglide. Probably not another good sign. Um, he basically told us to. There was about five or six of us. He was like, "Wait in the minivan." I, said, I won't. I won't do a Turkish accent because I'll just butcher it and offend people. But he was like, "Wait in the van. Um, we're just going to round up some more paragliders that are actually doing a, a jump today, um, and then we'll go up." So we're like, oh, "Sweet." We're sat in this van for about half an hour, which is, you know, we're stewing over stewing over the, the process and just, I was already thinking what song I wanted at my funeral. Beyonce, Halo, not a bad shout. Uh, and then all these paragliders started to turn up and they were a right rabble. It was like bloody a load of hobbits. They looked old and their equipment, they were carrying the, their parachutes in these huge bags, which were all ripped. And like they threw them in the back of the van. They had a little nosy through the back seats and like you could see all the straps were frayed. It was like, you know, they'd been using these since the war kind of thing in Gallipoli. It's just, they weren't great. So that, again, put me off. I was stressing. Um, and then we set off and we drove up the mountain in this minivan. It was the weirdest experience. We stopped about three times on the way up to give lifts for locals. I was like, is this paragliding or is this a bus service? Like, I just want to do my jump now. Um, it's not really a jump, is it? I just want to do my runoff. That's what you do, you just run off the mountain. We, I, you won't even believe me if I tell you, we stopped, picked up this guy, must have been in his 90s, carrying a violin and two cans of beer. Picked him up, he got uh, in for a ride, halfway up the mountain, and uh, we carried on up. It was about a 30 minute drive up. Classic me, I got the uh, outside seat. So we're going up this gravel trail up the mountain and it is lit. this guy's driving like an absolute retard like he's so fast you know it's gravel i'm thinking that's that's not a good surface to be going this fast on he must have been doing like 45 up this mountain and drifting around corners and i'm there like thinking well i thought the paraglide was going to kill me but it turns out it's just the drive up there i honestly thought we were off this mountain carried on i was there literally just like eyes closed i was just pinching my nose just 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 thinking trying to think happy thoughts but all i could think of was my funeral and there's honor next to me i mean my girlfriend of two and a half years at the time was sat next to me and i i couldn't even look at her i was like i'm either gonna die before her or i'm gonna have to watch my girlfriend die so it's just gonna be a great day um we eventually made it to the top of the mountain and uh, there was a portaloo up there, so you could have your like your last shit if you wanted to. I'm I'm a very 
I'm a quite an active pooer, um, and I was getting my nervous poos already. But this portaloo was oh, it was just you've never seen anything like it. People must be scared shitless up this mountain because there was shit everywhere. It was disgusting. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna hold it in. I'm gonna hold it in and just. Oh, and this is the other thing. They had a bunch of bloody, a huge mat there. I I reckon it was a praying mat, a prayer mat, and uh, yeah. So I literally went over to that instead. Prayed I didn't shit myself. That was basically the 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 go. So we're all stood up there. Um, Oh, I should say, at no point have we signed anything, like a disclaimer, insurance thing. We've not had a, a, a debrief, a, a briefing on the, the process, what we have to do. Literally none the wiser is what's going on. All we know is we're going to go down this mountain and we're not going to be in the car. Um, so we'll still up there. And then the one leader guy was like divvying up paragliders for, for passengers. And uh, he was choosing everyone. There was this kid up there, probably about... 13 years old I was like there's no way he's a paraglider he's just like it's his, one of the guys kids just come for the ride turns out he was a paraglider uh, and the guy divvying up all the the instructors or whatever pointed like oh pointed to me yeah you go with him and he pointed in that boy's direction I was like classic they've given me the most inexperienced kid that is going to kill me he's going to make a stupid mistake and Look, it turns out he was pointing at the guy in front of this kid. So, yeah, I had my uh, my guy. Didn't get his name. He never introduced himself. He was like, you'll put harness on. Harness on. Didn't show me how to put it on. I was like, I've never been in the paragliding harness. I don't know how, how it goes on. So I had, it was a bit of guesswork. Um, all the straps were, like, frayed and loose, and it was not comfortable. Had, like, this big seat thing. That I had to like sit in, but again, didn't tell me anything. And then he's like, "You paraglide before?" I was like, "No." He's like, "Okay." At this point, I was thinking he's going to tell me what to do. Still didn't. Um, then he just stood behind me in a very questionable position, clipped in, and like poofed out all his parachute onto the mountainside on the, all these prayer mats. Still nothing. Still hadn't said anything. I, I should say it was. A crystal clear day. You've never seen anything like it. Um, I just there was no wind, not a breath of wind, and it was beautiful. So that did it was honestly stunning. That made up for it. And um, so at this point, I found out that I'm going to go first. I was the only one clipped into a guy. Anna was just getting a helmet on. She was like, "Oh, I might just get a GoPro to take a quick picture." And I'm stood there, like, looking around, thinking, right, he's going to tell me in a minute what we have to do. Nope. Anna literally walked off to get the GoPro, and he was like, okay, go, okay, go, 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 and started running, pushing me, like, running off this mountain. Had no idea. I was like, am I meant to walk, run, like, skip? And he was literally, like, charging into my back. There was questionable penetration there just to get me off this mountain. I was very reluctant to, to start running. As we were running, he caught the back of my foot, so I had my trainer hanging off uh, my right foot, and I was gone. The floor dropped away, the parachute was up, and we were off the mountain. At no point did I register we were even flying, because I didn't want to lose my shoe up the mountain. So I was bending down to get my shoe, and it was at that point I realised, oh, right, we're, we're going now. We're, as they say in the industry, gliding. 
Paris style. Um, we were, yeah, gone. And that was it. He didn't say anything else to me. It was kind of cool. But as soon as I was up there, I was like, if I fall now, I will die. If I fall now, I'll die. And that was my whole thought process. The worst bit for me, once we took off, it was cold. It was very, very cold. Didn't pack enough layers. I feel the cold as well. I'm very delicate. Uh, so it, I was shivering. I think it was nervousness as well. Um, but you're in this seat in front of them. And once you're up in, like, cruising altitude, you have to lower the seat down. So the per me, the passenger in front, is in a very reclined position. And it's a bit more relaxing, comfortable for the instructor at the back. Uh, you'd, you'd think a bit of professionalism here. Um, if I was an instructor, I'd be like, okay, mate, um, just so you know, we're going to lower the seat down so you'll be a bit more reclined. It's comfortable for both of us, and you can really enjoy the ride. I think that's like a really good patter that you would normally say. Nope, he just slipped the straps, and I thought I was it. I literally, imagine paragliding, you're already nervous, and your whole seat drops beneath you into like a lied down position. I swear he lowered it too much. I was like, arse up in the air, my head underneath, he was basically teabagging me. He was teabagging me, I was teabagged in Turkey. It was awful, guys. It was absolutely awful. The whole way down, it was about a three-minute flight off this mountain. It was the most beautiful, like, God's earth, beautiful day. It was stunning. The whole time, I was thinking, if I fall now, I'll still die. And I thought that process the whole way down to the beach till about the last 10 seconds when we are about 10, 15 metres off the sand and the water. I was like, all right, if I fall now, I probably won't die. And that was the last 10 seconds of the flight. Then we landed and I didn't, I couldn't even talk to this guy. It was just, oh, it was, it was so traumatic. Uh, that was my extreme sport experience and I'll never do it. I won't, you won't catch me doing a skydive. You know, I see these videos online like spur of the moment skydives. Nah, not for me. I like flying. I like planes. I, I can't imagine myself jumping out of them. It's just so... It's just so out of the con out of your control, isn't it? All the guys on board, like one of the guys is a, a qualified skydiver and he's like trying to drag all the guys to go skydiving in Barcelona later this year. I'm like, you know what, guys, I'll hold your wallets, your bags, I'll take pictures. That's absolutely great. You enjoy yourselves. But me, I'm going to stand on terra firma. I ain't going in that air and jumping out with no parachute on. So yeah, that was uh, it. Kind of brought it all back to me seeing that YouTube video. I mean, those guys' parachutes didn't really open until the last ten seconds. I had mine open the whole way, but I feel like mine was slightly more traumatic. Uh, I feel like yeah, it just put me off extreme sports for life. I would rather do a bungee jump because you're already you're, you're tied on. There's not that point where there's no control, you know. So that was my paragliding experience in Turkey. Never again. Big fan of the uh, Turkish food though. I love it. Uh, spent obviously the paragliding time in uh, in Turkey in Fethiye and then on the way back from the Maldives I think we we're coming back from we stayed in Fethiye again and just oh, the food is unbelievable. People are friendly. Lovely people. Turkey is the most underrated country in Europe. I mean, it's not really in Europe. It's like in Eurasia, they call it. It's like Europe and Asia. Oh, I think it's great. It's so ch it's so cheap. Uh, the unfortunate thing about yachting is we spend like 80% of our year in some of the most expensive places in the world. So we have to pay 
a lot of money for just basic things. Get a haircut in Antibes, 30 euros. That's just outrageous. On the contrary, I had uh, a lovely experience in the Berbers in Fetier. Went there and uh, gave me a haircut. Decent fade. Unbelievable fade. Uh, he gave my eyebrows a thread. Waxed my nose. He put flaming cotton buds in my ears to get all that hair. Then he gave me a shave, like a twice wet shave. Obviously, admittedly, I don't have that much facial hair to get rid of, but he did do that anyway. Then, oh, a cheeky neck rub, cheeky shoulder rub. Then he gave my arms a massage and clicked my fingers, right? All that, I paid premium. Three euros. You think I'm joking, honestly. I tipped him, gave him five euros, because, you know, such a good guy. But, oh, unbelievable. And the people are so nice. You go to any restaurant, they just cater for your every need. The food's incredible. During my time in Turkey, I was actually vegan. I know. I watched a few documentaries. I thought, ah, I could be vegan. I could do that. So I tried it. Um, I did it for about three, nearly four weeks. Actually quite enjoyed it. Not the first part with the cravings and the shitting everything out. But once I got into it, like, uh, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, I went to like this restaurant and it was quite meat heavy. And when the waiter came, we were like, oh, really uh, sorry, but do you have any, like, vegan options? And he was like, yeah, he's lovely about it. He's like, oh, yeah, what would you like? What would you like? I cook for you. He didn't actually sound like that, but I just, I, it's a really hard accent to get the Turkish one. Um, and we're like, can you just do, like, some grilled, like, veg? He's like, oh, yeah, my friend, no problem. Went away, and he came back 20 minutes later with, like, these grilled mushrooms, um grilled peppers grilled just loads of mixed veg grilled with like these vegan dips and stuff oh it was just unbelievable it was great i think the restaurant is called bar kebab and it's rated very highly on tripadvisor if you're ever in fetier i would i could i just i recommend it very highly um turkey's great for buying fakes as well fake anything you want fake louis bags for the girls hey eh? hey fake watches uh, it's just it's a brilliant place nightlife is great as well love a shisha pipe absolutely love a shisha uh drinks are cheap oh, it's great but going back to the uh the old food for thought literally the old pepper um probably one of my favorite uh vegetables or is it vegetable or fruit it's one of those things capsicum as people call them you love pepper can't get enough of them favorite meal it's got to be uh like fajitas you get like the the oven roasted peppers in there and stuff had this uh quite traumatic experience back in the day uh again that was probably about two years ago uh and it gave me the nickname Doc dr pepper for a while uh i'll tell you what happened uh we were on trip on charter very very busy summer um unbelievable crew chef she's amazing every day amazing foods coming down and you, you burn so many calories for the day in the just in the heat alone so when you come down for a lunch you don't know when your next meal is going to be so if you've got five minutes spare you are eating the hell out of that lunch like no good looking eating about it just shovel it in uh, and it was fajitas for lunch so i was like praise be you know this is it this is the pinnacle of lunches it doesn't get better than fajitas to be honest and it's just like a just a vat of peppers and so i was shoveling them on and uh refried beans as well 
most underrated accompaniment for, for heaters. Screw you guacamole, refried beans. Oof, hello. Uh, so yeah, I got these peppers on and uh, I'm just shoveling it in. I, you can ask anyone in my family, I eat far too quick. I eat like it's my last meal. Literally, I just, I enjoy it so much. It's not that I need to savor it, I need to just get it in me. I need it inside me as quick as I can. So I'm eating all this food, just shoveling these peppers in. I'm barely chewing, like I'll maybe two chews and swallow, and then the next lot's coming straight in after. Uh, so I must have had about a kilo of these peppers, all these thin strips. It was great. Then, you know, I was working the rest of the day, long old day, finished about nine o'clock, and I was a bit very tired. The normal routine, finish, you go straight to your cabin, have a nice shower, you know, it's lovely. Needed a poo really bad I and mean, it's, it's a tactical error when you're in a small cabin but I had a poo before a shower so it didn't smell great whatever but I had my poo um, then I'm in the shower and I, it's always the same routine for me bit of dove or just any kind of Lynx Africa or <laughs> water classic um, and then you know start from the top work your way down you start with your hair shampoo or body wash don't matter just get it in your hair bit of face armpit armpit chest back as far as you can reach then another splodge you go down one leg down the other testicles penis <laughs> and then finish with the old floss and swipe up the ass crack right and then you get you're sudded to buggery and you you're clean as then on this occasion something went wrong i uh, i went for the old floss and uh, floss and swipe up the ass crack felt something my bum out. I was like oh my god what is that and I, I like touched it and it was inside me and just hanging out of my anus and I was uh I was like oh my god I've got I've got hemorrhoids like oh, is it what is this is this prostate cancer like I was literally I was shaking I lost all my color I was terrified and then the inquisitive person in me I was just I grabbed the uh the object it was quite slimy started pulling it what the hell is this? Started pulling it out and it was it was deep inside me. Pulled it, pulled it. I was like, oh my god, am I gonna pull my intestines out? I honestly thought I was gonna pull my intestines out. Grabbed it, pull, 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 and it came out. I was like, oh shit, I've just shat out my liver or something. Um, and I didn't even want to look. I thought I was gonna like see like blood and God knows what. And I just kind of looked, and it was probably. A four-inch-long yellow pepper, completely undigestive, un undigested. Not digestive. I wasn't going to eat it. It's not a biscuit. Uh, and it was covered in poop. And I thought, oh my god, that is a the most disgusting thing, and b the most biologically amazing thing. I mean, how was my body able to not digest something like that? And it just came through as it literally as it went in. Couldn't believe it. So then I had to like flush it in the toilet and me being me I didn't like keep quiet I literally was I ran out halfway talent honor I pulled a pepper out my ass told everyone on board and we decided Dr. Pepper that was the uh, the name given to me uh, you'll be glad to know I've not had an experience like that since I've learned to chew my food more than just twice and if I do have peppers I do really I chew them thoroughly and uh, still, the classic thing with sweet corn, though, when you do have a lot of sweet corn, it's just, it's there, isn't it? And the life's great mysteries. 
But yeah, that was my uh, Dr. Pep story. From paragliding to peppers, we're covering all the P's of my life on this week's episode. Zdravo from Croatia. That means hello. And what a lovely hello and warm welcome we have had. After a lovely, flat, calm, beautiful three-day crossing, it was actually magical. A magical Monday moment when we left, about 60 miles off the coast of France, saw three whales. And you don't often see whales in the med, because, well, you know, global warming and that, but um, kind of depressing. But yeah, saw them, and they looked healthy, well, and whale-like. It was amazing. It was a real nice, lovely moment. Did see some dolphins as well, but I don't care for dolphins. I've seen plenty of them to just change my opinion on them. Very cocky, snidey animals. They're like seeing pigeons. They're all they're just, if you're they're the pigeon of the sea. They shouldn't be called dolphins. They should be called sea pigeons, because they're just a pest and they're there and they're always showing off. You know, they they always come around in a pack. Like they should have asbos. They're like a bunch of chavs. Like oh, yeah, let's do flips over the boat. Let's let's let's. Hate dolphins. Really arrogant little snidey things. Uh, you know, tourists love them. But if you're at sea, you just you get a bit bored of them, really. I sound really spoiled, don't I? I would love to see... What would I love to see? Um, a seahorse. I've never seen a seahorse. I've seen them in aquariums, but I've not seen one in the wild. Would love to see a seahorse. Uh, I can't think of what I was talking about now. Oh, yeah, so that was Monday. Uh, worked our way down uh, past Corsica, Sardinia, past Stromboli, the old volcano. That exploded last week. Bloody hell, if you've seen videos of that, killed a guy. Rock hit him on the head. Mental. Mental way to go, isn't it? you think the lava would get you, but no, it's just a big rock hit him. Loads of people injured. Went past that, and uh, yeah, nothing much was going on. There was a little puff of smoke. I think it's basically had its big orgasm the other week, and it's just having a, you know, it's just chilling out now. It's just like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good for the next six months, guys. I'm good. Um... So Strom- it is cool to see Stromboli. I do, I do like the Ionian Islands. Uh, and then we went through Messina, uh, through the straits between Italy and Sicily, round the heel of uh, Italy, and then worked our way up. Uh, I tend to like go for like a different album, choose an album uh, for a crossing, like a mini crossing. I always think, right, what do I fancy? What do I fancy? I normally try something new or something I haven't listened to for ages. And this one, I was obsessed with it. Uh, I went with The Kooks, Inside In, Inside Out. I think that's the album name. But it's the live version. I think it's live at Made Avail. And, oh, guys, it's a good album. Okay, so give that a listen. That kept me going for three days. Uh, And then, yeah, arrived in Croatia, arrived in Split. So now we're just uh, by this little island called Brach. And, yeah, I've got to say, Croatia, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous place. People are friendly. We went ashore. Last night, uh, long story short, I ended up in a bikini. Um, yeah, don't ask. Uh, but it was great. We had a lovely crew dinner and, um, yeah, ready to just crack on with the summer, really. Uh, we're just here for a few days and then we'll do the same crossing back, uh, back to France. And that's the uh, basic plan, really. Uh, little update with the podcast. It's going well. It's going very, very well. Uh, I've been accepted onto lots of different platforms, so I'm on Apple uh, Apple Music, or oh, Apple Podcast now, 
this one called Overcast. Uh, I should have actually got the list up here. Obviously on Spotify, on Anchor, which is uh, the host which I use. Um, yeah, it's going very well. I'm actually really enjoying it, and I hope you are too. I think that's about going to do it for this week. Uh, next week I'm going to do a big recap of sport. It's all all been kicking off the last few days, and uh, I thought, you know what, I'll do it properly next week because the Netball World Cup started today, and boy, oh boy, I'm frothing at that, the prospect of Netball for the next month. Ho, ho, come on. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, so we got that, and I'm thinking I might see if I can get an interview in, uh, an interview with a mystery guest. Uh, I'm saying a mystery guest because I don't know who yet, but that's the plan. Other than that, have a great week, guys. Uh, this has been your host, Sam Stewart. You've been with me in Cabin 3. Play the music. Cabin 3 on the seven seas. Cabin 3, won't you come with me? I'm your host, my name's Sam Stewart. From Cabin 3, Cabin 3.